With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brenning and Jack McEnroe. They'll be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Bryan. Tonight's co-host is the lovely Jeremy Dunn. Jeremy, how are you? Happy I'm Sunday. good, but the intro said Jack, so I'll pretend to be Jack tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that right before we went live that I had the wrong intro lined up, so well, that's I apologize. Okay. Uh, we, we, should, we should, like, fire our sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> so how you been? I've been good. I've been good. This is um this is pretty incredible. If anybody's in the uh chat room, um we're trying out this whole new thing, this pause I am radio co-host feature. And and I'm the co-host. Woo-hoo! It's kind of cool. <laughs> but no, yeah. Um it's been a good week. Been a uh just a busy week. Been um waiting for watching the uh the Steelers Jets game. So yes, yes, yes. I know we were told to mention it. So fill us in. The, Who won? I, I, it's still going on. Oh, so right, um, then I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh golly! But uh, no. Uh, what, what has been? What happened this week that 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 I need to tell everybody about? I don't know. I, I, it's been actually a kind of boring week, really. But um, which is good. You know, but uh, but anyway. So what what what's been going on in your world? Well, not much. Things are crazy. I um, had an audition today um, for an HIV uh, print campaign. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's interesting. How'd I went go? up. I never never did it before because um, uh, they're going to obviously use fictitious names and stuff. So I won't be me, but my image right. will be used. So it was interesting. Um, I drove all the way up there, and we were there for a total of 10 minutes. Huh. Yeah. In and out. Like, simple, easy. Like, it's either you got, what, like, two questions, and either you got what we want or you don't. It was real simple. So, who knows? They're looking for a few people, so it should be interesting. We'll find out soon. Um, supposedly, there was 100 people there, so um, wow. we'll find out who got picked. But it was cool. I got to ride up with a gentleman by the name of Nathan Townsend, and, um, uh, he, I met him a couple of days ago under an interview that I was going to do because I'm trying to get a job working in the field. 
uh-huh. uh, you know, HIV and helping newly diagnosed people. And I um, am applying and I have an interview next week for uh, up at Family Services here in Bucks County for a care outreach position. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, you know, working again, it's been a while since I've worked. Um, so I think I'm ready. Well, you know what? Actually, um, Joe and I have been talking about this. You're Joe, and we've been trying to find ways of getting you out of the house and actually back into the workforce. So <laughs> I would not put that past either of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so. hilarious. So that's cool. So um, let me uh, just welcome everybody who's tuning in. If you're listening for the first time, this is Pause I Am Radio. We're here every Sunday at 9 p.m. Um, myself, Robert Brining, and Jeremy Dunn. Is um, seems to be my regular co-host now, <laughs> which um, is working out well. We're here every uh, Sunday, and what we do is we offer a place for people living with HIV or people who are um, touched by HIV um, to come and share their personal story of uh, survival or you know their survival or their story of of you know what it's like to be affected by the disease. Maybe um, you know somebody lost a, a son or a lover to them, and they come on and they talk about that transition they go through after. Um, you know, the, the diagnosis and, and how to cope with it. So we kind of offer a safe place for people to ask questions and to share openly because there's not a lot of outlets for people to tune into every week to find hope about living with HIV, and that's what we try to do here. So thanks for tuning in. You guys can find Pazine Radio um, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, add us as a friend here on Blog Talk Radio, um, you know, favorite the show so you get reminders every week. It, it's really, really cool. Um, and go to Jeremy's website over at Positively Speaking because he just put up a new PositivelySpeaking.com. He just put up a new blog. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your blog? Oh, sure. Um, so the blog that um, I posted, and um, I, I posted it this morning, and it's actually a story that has come out um, about a week or so ago, and. We have, you know, we have some people that are just stupid in, that represent um, folks here in North Carolina. And we have this guy here. His name is Representative Larry Brown, and he's from Forsyth, North Carolina. And he, um, well, let me just put it this way. He was giving an interview with the Winston-Salem Journal. And uh, he was being asked about um, what he would like to, see, you know, what he'd like to see done while he's in, in, you know, in this legislative season. And he first started off um, by discussing his support for a constitutional amendment limiting marriage to a union between a man and a woman. Um, and he went, I, I can't, I, it's. It's comical, but it's sad. So, And I, I kid you not, this is what he said. He went on to say that he thinks that government shouldn't spend money to treat HIV among people living in a perverted lifestyle. He says, I'm not opposed to helping a child born with HIV or something, but I don't condone spending taxpayers' money to help people living in perverted lifestyles. Um, so so I, I posted the article, and I just said, you know what? People need to read this. People need to make up their own own minds. I, it's his words. So, if you 
anyone is really interested, uh, I'm going to post his contact information in the chat room so um, so people can give him a call and let them know and let him know that his uh, – well, he's out of line. And it's a, it's a very scary thing that uh, we have for the first time in about 100 and some years that we have the Republicans in power in, in our state uh, legislature. And this is – this unfortunately is probably going to be one of the uh one of the hurdles that we're gonna to have to come up against. So Right, right. You know, that that kind of pisses me off to use those words perverted lifestyle. Um I, I don't know if he's just trying to refer that to gay people as a perverted lifestyle or if he is actually trying to include people who may be prostitutes, you know, or or drug users as a perverted I mean, it just drives me nuts that people People who, who have that kind of power with their voice. You know what I mean? Well, he's not your average Joe next door. No, he's not. No, so he's not at all. like that need to be slapped in the face. And, and, and he has also called um, gay, gay people queers and Fruit Loops in, oh, in print. So, yeah, this guy, is, he's, he's a whack job. So, um, but uh, he, he certainly needs... So I'm I'm gonna I'm crafting a, a an email to send him and I'm also planning on calling his office. So um he, he can't and that's be in your alive. area, right? Yeah, he's not any of my representative at all. He represents people right. who, who actually are in the rural areas and who unfortunately if you're if you if you don't live in a um if you don't live in a near you know, Charlotte or Raleigh you're out in a rural area, and if you're a, if you happen to have HIV, it's very difficult to get someplace that you feel comfortable with in a, in a timely fashion. So, so this is this is something that it, it's a little scary because he could get the majority to to swing behind him, and you know, it's it's dangerous speak, certainly dangerous. Very, no, I totally agree, and I think it's um, people like that need to. Lose their jobs or go to like friggin' etiquette class. That shit pisses me off. You know um, what? Here's the that. thing. Not you can go to as many etiquette or you know what what are the sensitivity training. It's ingrained in you, and if you're not mm. going to change your personal, you know, you, I don't care what your belief system is, but keep it out of the print because it's it, they're it's dangerous words. You know, he's kind of our local Sarah Palin. So anyway, <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Um, okay, I do see Danny on the line, but there are two things real quick I want to mention before we bring our guest on this evening. Um, uh, a lady by the name of Diane contacted me on Facebook and asked me to mention um, uh, an event that's coming up tomorrow. Um, there's a, a planned phone conference scheduled for tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. Central Time to discuss the Campaign to End AIDS Women's Summit. So it's a summit for, you know, HIV-positive women. So this is good because there's really not a lot of events that I hear of that are, you know, geared towards women. It always seems to be, I hate to say it, but it seems to be, uh, you know, surrounded with gay people. So to have one focused just on women is a good thing. And the campaign, the NAIDS uh, Women's Summit, is coming next year. And for more information on the number that you can call tomorrow to get involved in the conference call, go on Facebook and you can search Positive Women in Action. And it's a group on Facebook, and all the information is there. Or you could go to um, www.c2, 
ca.org, and all the information is there as well. Um, that, and then there's also an emergency ADAPT crisis summit that the ADAPT Advocacy Association is putting together for next weekend, um, Friday. It starts Saturday and Sunday. And the reason that they're doing this emergency summit is because usually we only do it in the summer, you know, in July, and, you know, we do it because so many people are on the ADAPT drug programs and some people can't even get on the program, and they're on waiting lists. So this is kind of why this organization is put together. And right now in Florida, they are about to knock off um, 350 recipients that are enrolled in the Florida's ADAPT um, program will no longer be able to obtain their medications because the program is facing a $16 million shortfall. Yep. So they already have 2,306 people who are already on the waiting list and can't receive their life-saving medications, and now they're going to add 350. So this really needs to, um, you know, be taken seriously. So if you are in the Fort Lauderdale area or are going to be around there that weekend, come by and check us out. There is, um, a, I think it's a $50, um, what do you call it, registration fee to attend the summit, and it's both days. Uh, there's local hotels you can stay at, and you get to meet very cool, down-to-earth, other positive people who are there to make a difference. And for me, it is the best experience to go to something like that and connect with other people who are living with the disease because it gives you so much hope. It, it, you know, it's uh, – we'll, well, you know what? We'll get to that later. So I think, I think yeah. we have somebody on the line who wants to talk to us. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So we're going to be speaking with a gentleman uh, by the name of Danny, uh, who right now resides in Florida, and he is a recovering alcoholic, and he's living with HIV, and he's going to come on and share his, his story with us. And um, he's a very great guy. I spoke to him a little bit today, and um, he, he has such a great vision, and I really hope that his dream of this bed and breakfast that he wants to have comes true because we were talking about how we're going to bring um, – we're going to have a pause-am event when he gets that bed and breakfast open. Wouldn't that be fun? I think it would be awesome. Yeah, I think it would be great, too. So please help me welcome Danny to the show. Welcome, Danny. How are you? Welcome, Danny. How are you? Danny? Hello? Danny? All right. Uh, hello, Cola. Are you there, Cola? <laughs> there he is. Gosh. You know what? Is that Randy Rhodes? I think I just heard huh? Randy Rhodes. Anyway. No, no, hmm. you're mistaken. Danny okay. W. Dan- Danny W. That would be me. Yes, just all the speakers. Thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's been a it's been a while coming, but you know, you guys are both busy, and I'm just happy to share my story. And you know, I don't necessarily need to reach out to this venue, but this is the story I share with everybody else, and everybody seems to like it. So. With that being said, Jeremy, do you have a copy as well? Do I have a copy? In- yeah. Of the of your story? Yes, sir. I do have it. Oh, okay. I do. Um I'm I'm going to kind of skip around because some of it's immaterial. I mean, it's it's fine for, you know, public speaking with people that don't know me at all, but you guys I feel like I know all of you people for years. I don't know, it's creepy, but it it isn't, it isn't. There's a certain commonality that we all have and um I don't know, I just love pause I am Robert. Thank you, Robert. <laughs> Aww. Thanks, Danny, for being a part of it. It's really important, you know, because it's people like you who 
who, who start to step up and start to share publicly and do things like this, that is the reason why I did it. You know, I was left kind of uninspired when I went and connected with other social network sites. You know, it was more sex and, and hooking up and, and less about being inspired to move on past the diagnosis and finally do something and feel better about yourself. And that's what we're all about. So, you know, it, it's people like you that really make Pause I Am what it is, Danny, so I appreciate that. Start um, by telling us a little bit, what was it like for you um, right before you were diagnosed? What was your life like, um, you know, well, before you were diagnosed so we can kind of get a feel of what was going on? Well, I'll tell you exactly what was going on. I was working full-time, um, and over time I was working about 60 hours a week. I weighed about 124 pounds. You could see every rib. I looked like a scarecrow. Um, I was fatigued. I was, you know, all the signs and symptoms of HIV. You know, I my stomach was jacked up. I'd have a cold, then it would go away, then I'd have another cold, and then it turned into pneumonia. And, you know, it was just, I was really sick, but didn't realize it, you know, and didn't want to know. Just did not want to know, no, this isn't going to happen to me, la, 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 la. Well, guess what, kids? It happened. So, you know, talking about taking something negative and making it positive, now I try to enlighten people here and there. I mean, I'm not like an activist, and I've said this over and over again, but I have a voice. You know, and I'm just one of the millions of faces of HIV, just like you guys are, and everybody is. So, um, And, you know, Danny, you know what, I I don't mean to interrupt you, but just that voice makes you an activist, whether you like it or not. And that's, you know, I think it's a powerful thing because not everybody who has HIV can use their voice. You're right. I know, know, I know. I mean, you may not want to be, but you are. And and, and it could be the smallest way or the biggest way, but just putting your voice out there is being... An activist. I mean, you may not want the label, but I'm going to give it to you because <laughs> you can well, speak. That's. I guess I'll, I. I greatly accept the new title. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I finally broke down and decided I didn't even have a doctor. You know, my father died from cancer, and I still I had this this hatred of doctors because I, in my opinion, you know. My father had a cancer bigger than a grapefruit, for, you know, and that doesn't happen overnight, you know. And so I went to Matt's doctor. Matt's my partner of tw- over 12 years and um, had the blood work done, had to wait the god-awful two weeks and all the what-ifs, 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 you know, and thinking the worst, you know, trying to figure out, okay, I don't have a will, I don't have this, I don't, what are we going to do, everything's going to go to Matt, blah, blah, blah. Um and, of course, I got the the news, and I had hepatitis, and I had HIV. And he just said it so matter-of-factly that it just blew me away. So I got in my car and had a nervous breakdown, naturally, you know. And then, of course, the first person I told was Matt, and I figured he was going to just pack up and leave because, you know, he's in the healthcare field, and, you know, he's fairly educated. I try to educate him, but he doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear it, and he's right. It's different when you're dealing with a patient than it is if you're dealing with some living with someone 24/7 that is, you know, has HIV. So um, he was the first one I told, and he took it quite well. 
And then it's just been a nonstop whirlwind of doctor's appointments and blood work and speaking engagements. And I, um, I try to stay busy. I try to give back when I can. I volunteer at the Bethesda House, and that's a local agency here run by Catholic Charities. Oh. <laughs> they deal with uh, some of the homeless people that have HIV and AIDS that don't have an address that need, you know, to get mail and use the computer and wash their clothes and, you know, stuff like that. So I do that once a week, and that's my way of giving back, you know, there. I did the AIDS walk this year. Um, I had pneumonia. I did it anyway, you know, because this year I might not be able to do it, you know, and I thought I'm walking for all those people that I see at my doctor's office that, that have canes and walkers and wheelchairs, and, you know, they're really in bad, bad shape. I'm relatively healthy. I'm I battle my weight, but that's just part of the deal. You know, I just have to eat ice cream in the middle of the night and pig out, and then I, you know, my <laughs> my uh, my very good so friend was, Cameron. What? The one, the one thing sorry. is, I just want to kind of back you up a little bit. No, you're fine, Danny. Um, so when you were diagnosed, you know, the doctor told you in that way. Um, were you educated about HIV before? Um, you know what? You were um, you you were you got involved in, in in drugs prior to that, right? Oh hell yeah, long 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 before that. Yes, absolutely. I mean dabbling, dabbling. You know, mainly it was just pot because they ought to legalize it anyway. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 no, I totally understand. I, I mean, was it something that? Do you think that? I mean, do you remember how you start? Why you started using drugs? Or why you started drinking? Because, like, everybody has that beginning point of of why. Well, I was born in Watertown, New York, and there's not much there. You have summer and for, like, three weeks, and then the rest of the time it's snow and cold and gray, and mainly it was boredom. And I was 21, so I was the one that would go buy the beer, you know, and we would just never – I'm, I'm amazed I'm alive at some of the shenanigans I pulled, you know, blinding snowstorms and I'd shut the lights off and go 100 miles an hour and just, you know, God was my co-pilot, you know, but they say that God looks out for babies and drunks, so somewhere along the way there I, I fit into one of those categories, but um, <laughs> anyway, it was boredom, I think, and it was, you know, I graduated in 1987, so, you know, we were all, you know, we were all a bunch of potheads back then, at least in my school, but it wasn't, it was some crap that somebody grew in their attic with fluorescent lights and you had to smoke copious amounts of it and mainly it just made you wheeze but um <laughs> anyway as far as my education all i had in edu- as far as education was what i took in health my senior year in high school and at that time it was grid and it was only affecting gay men and there was something to do with a monkey and i don't know but it there again i was oblivious i was just like you know i didn't well, this isn't going to affect me, you know. Why? You know, I play safe. Well, were you no. out? Were you out in high school? Um, yeah, and that was painful because it's a redneck town. You know, we have it's a farm community. You know, and it's like you either work for the state and drive a snowplow, or you're a farmer, and that's about the only industry there is up there. It was we had at one point we had a bunch of uh, mills and foundries that ran off the Black River in Watertown, but one by one they've all shut down and farmed their stuff to Kathy Lee Gifford's sweatshop. Whoops. Uh, so, uh, yeah, boredom, big time. Did it? Did I answer? Was it? Did uh, I answer? 
What? Sorry. Were you educated with HIV when you found out? No, I was not. She said, was I educated with HIV when I found out? No, I was not. All I, all I had about for education is high school, and that was, you know, so long ago. I mean, it was, this is like pre-AZT, I think. I don't know. There's a timeline at the doctor's office that I, I memorize it. it. It starts with the first case and goes right on through until, like, 2008. You know, it mentions Ryan White and Magic Johnson and all the milestones and, you know. So, so, Danny, who, who's yeah. with you tonight? Because I just heard a woman's voice, and I just want to make sure that I'm not hearing voices. We are both voices. She is, she is my friend Tamara, and she is also positive. She's a new member on Pause I Am. Please welcome her, everyone. Um, in fact, she she's fascinating. She she she's articulate. She's smart. She's pretty. No, I'm not going to make the switch, kids. Don't start that candle. <laughs> Okay, anyway, so we can hear somebody. All right. Well, hi, Tamara. Welcome. And um, yeah. <laughs> and thanks for helping Thanks for helping Danny through. Um, Danny doesn't need help. She actually inspired me. I've inspired her, <laughs> if, you, if you can imagine. He's a good man. I really, um, I don't know. I, I you know, I, I like I, Robert and I were talking about this earlier. You know, I. My self-esteem is in the shitter. Oops, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, I just did. <laughs> I just did. Too bad. Anyway, and, you know, I still have issues, and, you know, people will say, you're cute or you're good-looking or this, that, and the other thing. And as I told Robert, I was a band geek. I was fat and shiny, and I had zits and braces and big, thick glasses and Oh, my God. And when I look in the mirror, that's what I still see. Now, this is a self-esteem thing, and, you know, this could take years of therapy because I have lots of therapists everywhere, you know. But um, I, I don't give myself enough credit. You know, I, like, run myself into the ground thinking, well, I could have done I'm a perfectionist. And, and I, I – uh, um, Danny, was that something that you um, – is that something that you dealt with your whole life? Um, kind of having a bad image of yourself, or is it something yeah. that kind of came on after your diagnosis? No, 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 no. It was it's it's been going on for ever since I lost weight. I I went on a little cocaine diet when I moved to uh, Miami and got down to skinny skinny bitch, and I thought I looked great, you know, size twenty eight, you know, legs for days, and you know, strutting with the boys on Lincoln Road. Just what was just one of the boys and. Wow, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but, so, um, how did you how did you find a way to move past your diagnosis? Well, I immediately you, you were found out in such a you found out in a kind of a horrific way. Um, you know, you knew yeah, about yeah. HIV, but you kind of thought, you know, what we all think, not me. You have that Superman exactly. complex. How did you get yeah. past it to the point where now you're talking about it? Wow. It took a lot of soul searching, a lot of therapy, a lot of uh, involvement, a lot of making friends. It's really a total life change and being clean. Right. So you know, how did you get clean? Yeah, I wanted to back up a little bit to that too because I, I think part of part I'm, of your story is you know mm-hmm. what we're talking about here is not just your HIV infection but also your 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 path to recovery. Yes. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I, I uh, 
before ADAP, you know, cut everything, I was getting quite a few pills from my doctor, okay? I had Xanax. I had Prozac. I had Somas. I had Darvacets. And I had all these pills. And, you know, don't ever give me anything to say it's take as needed. To, to me, that means tic tacs. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I have an addictive personality. And um, so I was, you know, my mom had passed away in May of 2008. So she never found out because I didn't find out until uh, November of the following. Yeah. Is that right? May, June. Yeah. The, the, that year. So, and she would have accepted it. She would have worried, you know, as all mothers do. But um, she would have been all right with it. She was. She knew I was. She knew there was something wrong. She's like, "You're too thin." And I saw. I went back and saw some pictures where I had taken her to the company Christmas party, and I my suit was hanging on me, and it used to be skin tight. And I was like, "Holy shit!" So. There again, I still saw fat and shiny. I thought I, I thought I looked just fine. We all know what fine means, don't we, kids? Go ahead, <laughs> yes, <Robert>. we do. <laughs> well, we don't have to say it. We don't have to say it. I won't. I won't follow up your airways. But um, <laughs> yeah, the FCC will be on our asses. Oh, <laughs> big brother. Um, right. I I was drinking. I was hiding booze from myself. I was spending the grocery money at the bar and then going to the food bank and getting canned goods to make Matt think that I got groceries. You know, I was driving drunk all over town because I had a really nice car and it just had autopilot. Um, I knew I was, you know, on a path to self-destruction. I wasn't suicidal, but I was definitely reckless and I was definitely, uh, what's the word? Help me. And, uh, you were out of control. You were, you were, you were an addict. You were using that addictive personality that you know you use, you use certain things to get things, to hide things, to lie to things. And you know, it, it, as somebody who has gone through recovery myself, I know that like that personality where you have this secret life that nobody knows about. You know what I mean? Exactly. And you have to keep it from everybody, unless you were with the people yeah. using or or doing the drugs. Um, how did you? come to grips with it? Like, was it your diagnosis that kind of made you want to go to go to, um, go to to rehab, I guess I want to say, or go to a recovery house and find that help? Yes, I, I did. I, I had gone to, um, uh, can I say the name? I can say the name of it, can I? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Yes, of course. Man, uh, Manatee Glens, and it's an alcohol, uh, drug and alcohol rehabilitation center, and, uh, they, Matt and I, went, he had to literally carry me in there because I was so weak. And um, I had an assessment. Or, of course, I was all blasted on pills. I don't even remember it. You know, I would just, whatever I could do to ease the pain. And we can all relate to that. You know what I mean? But I was doing it to excess. And I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So I surrendered and I went to Manatee Lunch for 35 days. While I was in there, they haven't let you do <clears throat> Excuse me, just does HIV and AIDS education, and her name is Pat. She came to me one day. And she's this little timid little flower with mousy hair and big glasses, and she came up to me, and she stands about up to my shoulder and looks up at me with big round glasses and said, Danny, I saw in your chart that you have HIV. 
I said, yeah, Pat, why? Is there a problem? She said, no, I was just wondering if you would like to talk about it in front of your group. And I said, sure, absolutely. So I didn't have access to a computer while I was in there, but I did have a journal book. And I stayed up all one, that whole night writing my entire life story from the time I was in high school until current. Right. And uh, I shared. And uh, there was a lot of tears. My, myself, I started. You know, this is my life. This is my life. And, you know, like it or not, I am what I am. And uh, anyway, that's how that all started. And then I did so well there. She had me. There's two separate sides. There's the hospital and there's an outpatient department. She had me do it at the outpatient. And then the following week, she pulled me out of a group and made me uh, speak hey, Danny. So that's Yes. Danny, you're breaking up a little bit. Can you kind of go into a room where there's no noise because people are saying they're having a problem hearing you in, online? Oh, 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 okay, hold on. There must be Is some it? noise in the background, so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What if I take you off speakerphone? Is that better? Oh, that would be much yeah. better. Is it? Is this delightful? She can go online right. in here on another room. <laughs> Tell her the replay will play afterwards, too. She can hear it, but we're getting a bad echo. <laughs> So tell her if she wants to talk, she can come and share her story on another night. <laughs> this is Danny's night. <laughs> With love, though. It is my night. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> and I'm Danny. So so you went there, and, I mean, you're talking about sharing your the first time sharing your HIV. And when you say you share it, you're sharing it in the in the recovery room. Um, and I remember, exactly. yeah. I remember it's doing that the first time. And when my sponsor asked me, he was like, you know, would you mind sharing your story? And they didn't necessarily say share that you're HIV positive, but share your story. And I never shared before. And I knew that if I was going to do that, I had to share. Now I'm getting an echo. Um, I had to share openly about everything. And I remember how intense that, that moment was sitting there, you know, at the table in front of everybody, hands sweating, pits sweating, we're out sweating, like everything was outrageous because I was so afraid that they were going to reject me or, or think different of me because not only was I coming out that I was gay to everybody, but then I was also kind of coming out as somebody living with HIV only three, four months after I was diagnosed. So it was really yeah. like a shocker for me um, no. to kind of do that. No. But I remember the, the weight of the world kind of came off my shoulders when I got those hugs and they told me to keep coming back. How was that moment Absolutely. for you when you shared? You know, I I had an epiphany. I did. I said, you know, because I found that I would. What I do is I tell my story, and then at the last part of it, I open it up for questions and answers. And nothing. I'm an open book. I mean, if it's too personal, I'll let you know. But for the most part, you can ask me anything, and I'll give you an answer, and it'll be intelligent. So yes. yeah, I really. Um, I, I just ran with it, and really, that's the only place I speak. And they don't even—they don't—they don't have a budget. She only has a hundred and ten dollars for the year for HIV education speakers. So I do it for free. I go over there. I ride two buses. It takes me two hours to get there. I do my thing. I get a lunch ticket. I eat with my therapists that were there when I was there. You know, we chit chat, and they just—I'm just—I am like their golden boy. You know, there again, I'm just Danny. I'm not, you know, I am nobody's, you know, I'm not 
I'm just me. I'm just down to earth, and, you know, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But, um, yeah, and that, that really so the, empowered me. And um, The first time that you shared. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there was there was a lot of tears, as I said, you know, and those rehab tissues are like sandpaper. They're horrible. <laughs> I had Matt bring me Puffs Plus, and I took them everywhere with me because I was such a mess. But I was, also, I was detoxing off of a bunch of stuff, you right. know, and they just kind of make you quit cold turkey. And if you get too psycho, they put you in the hospital in the padded room and hope they don't call Dr. Armstrong. We know who he is. Uh-huh. The man with a white <laughs> coat. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's really it, they're small groups, they're intimate groups, um, and I find, and I, you guys can probably attest to this as well. I get more feedback when we go out and smoke cigarettes, and we're out of the classroom setting because I'm up there. I've got my, you know, I've got a whiteboard. I show my T cell count, I show my viral load, I do a full timeline and explain it all to them, and in detail, like for a fifth grader, because that's how I have to hear it, because I am so illiterate when it comes to anything medical. You know, my husband does that. I don't do that kind of stuff. I don't have to know what all that crap is. But when it affects me, I do. But I have to be able to break it down so everybody can understand it. And that, that's my story, pretty much. Although Christopher Myron has it it's quite uh, verbose, isn't it? <laughs> Plethora. <laughs> so, anyway. So- so you're starting to speak now. You're, you're doing some speaking engagements, and, and you're doing that. You, you know, I read your story, and you started off up in upstate New York. You ended yes, down over here in, um, where are you, Florida now. So you've gone through this, you've gone through this whole range of oh, of, I, I, of, of places. What about your disclosure and and or should I say how do you handle disclosure with your family um friends that might not know because it, it, it's possible that some people are going to be listening to the radio show um are you out about your HIV um uh status with everybody uh pretty much Jeremy it's a need to know thing I don't like flaunt it but mm-hmm. if somebody asks I tell them now, I'm not really, I don't have very much family that I'm close with. Ever since my mom died, you know, I I kind of severed a lot of those ties, you know, because they all live all over the world, and, you know, I, I just don't see, I don't see me traveling that far. Besides, I have Tamara, and she's like five minutes away. That's much easier. <laughs> so you, so, so, um, so you, you, you're still with Matt for the last yes. 12 years? Yes, sir. Okay, and um, so you have—it's basically on it. So what? What's going to happen um, when somebody stumbles upon this radio show and we're talking about it? Are, do you think people are going to um, figure that out? And how are well, you going to handle that? If they do, they do, and I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, as my mother used to say. You know, if uh-huh. they want to get in touch with me. You know, I got a phone. You call me up. I'll talk to you. You know, I have no resentment towards anyone. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a time and a distance thing. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, with gas almost four dollars a gallon, I don't see any road trips anytime soon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I mean, if it happens, it happens. I'll I'll figure it out. You know, I I don't I don't hide it. I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't look sick. Of course, I don't right. look sick. 
a lot of people don't know. And if, if you don't need to know, what, you know, why would I burden somebody with that? You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Nobody wants to hear that shit. That's like the kiss of death. <laughs> you know, it isn't. We know it isn't. But I did, when I was first diagnosed, I'm kind of digressing ever so slightly. When I first got diagnosed, I... um. Oh, shit, I lost my thought. <laughs> no problem. While you're finding your thought, let me go ahead and let the folks know that it is um, 20 minutes to 10 um, Eastern Time, and I wanted to open up the phone lines at 347-215-9442. When you call in and you would like to speak to us, um, just hit 1, and you'll be uh, put up to the front of the queue. Again, we're talking with Danny W., and he's talking about recovery and HIV. Again, that phone number to call us is 347-215-9442. All right. So let's keep going. Okay. That's, um, real quick, if you are on the um, line holding and you are listening and you want to ask a question, just press the one, uh, like Jeremy said, um, and you'll be connected to us and we'll know that you want to come on. So, Danny, um, what... Has been what has been the hardest part about being HIV positive for you? Truthfully, my I have wasting syndrome. My fluctuating weight. You know, I go from a thirty to a thirty-four to a thirty-two. I mean, I got genes for days because I never know day to day. You know, and I have to really eat well. I don't eat big meals. I eat a lot of little meals. I eat a lot of crap. I eat a lot of triscuits and port wine, cheese bread, and you know, cereal and ice cream, but. Um, I've managed to, I've almost, I'm like six pounds away from my goal. But, you know, like anything else, like your T-cell count, you know, I tell my people when I speak, I equate my T-cell count to my credit score because it never moves. You know, but that that's real. They can, you know, they can totally relate to that. And, you know, I just got to keep it real. But, um, yeah, that's uh, that's how that went. So that makes, um, you know, kind of how that goes. Because I know a lot of people have, you know, issues when they're newly diagnosed, um, moving past it. And it's been, you know, in my experience of talking to people here, you know, with Jeremy every every week, it, it's it's just hearing somebody else's story or knowing that somebody else has done it and it kind of has sparked something inside of you. Um, I know yeah. I... I you know, had people, has there been somebody maybe that you have read online or somebody that maybe who kind of made that spark inside you? Well, maybe I should start saying something. Okay, I think some of these speakers are up too too loud. Uh-oh. No. You talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's much better. <laughs> okay, good. Where are we? What are we doing? Questions? Is there? An, is anyone calling? Anybody? Anyone? Um, we have people listening, but nobody is calling in for questions. Again, you guys can call us here at three four seven two one five nine four four two. So when you um, you know went into the um, the, the rehab or the, or the center, yeah, when you went and got clean, did you? Was it one of those things where you attended meetings every day, or was it once in a while, or how was it? Because, oh, no. you know, right now they have what we see uh, on TV, Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew, like, and they have different sessions, individual sessions, group sessions. How was, like, your schedule lined up? Was it jam-packed? Was it? Yeah. Um, 
there was a gentleman who worked at my doctor's office who has uh, been blessed with this disease for 27 years. He is the guru, the oracle. I call him Monsignor because he knows everything about everything. And he's the one, when I was first diagnosed, that said, you should be on the Speakers Bureau. I said, no, not me. I'm not doing that. I don't want to share my story, blah, 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 blah. Well, he has been my mentor, and um, I'm his mini-me. And uh, what a, what an honor to know someone with that much knowledge that, that will break it down into, you know, everyday language for the novice, you know. And, yeah, he really has inspired me. And... Um, He's still there, still working. Um, cool, cool, cool. We actually have a caller, so let me go ahead and bring this caller on. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hey, Robert. It's Nate in Fort Lauderdale. Hey, hey how are you? Yay! How are you? No, I'm, I'm on the phone. Um, anyway, I just wanted to ask uh, Danny if he's ever had any um, nutritional uh Counseling. Uh, I have I have a few friends. I used to run a support group down here in Fort Lauderdale for four or five years, and I wrote uh, an article on HIV life. And there are a lot of uh, people in recovery now that are that are getting really good results with finding a nutritionist, uh, not only for the uh, you know the weight problem, but also for uh, uh, also for the you know fatigue and some of the other symptoms. So right. is anyone else in the chat room? I, I'm talking about 17 people in the chat room. Uh, has oh anyone had any, any experience with that? Actually, I, I'll take that. Um, at okay. my doctor's office, it's one-stop shopping. They have a nutritionist. They have a therapist. They do their blood there. They do x-rays there. It's wonderful. Right. So, yes, right. I have Good a nutritionist, and she monitors my weight. Yeah. She uh Gave out cases of insure, but they cut her money for that too. She gets like she used to get 150 cases a year. She now gets like 20 for the entire year, and she really. Oh I don't my need god! It. You know what I mean? I can, I uh-huh. can, you know. I needed it in the beginning because I was on Kalitra, and oh my yeah. god, was I sick? Yeah. Horrible. Right. Couldn't leave the house sick. You know what I mean? Me too. So. Yeah. It was horrible, but they wanted, you know, I, my, when I was first diagnosed, my, my T-cell was at 211. I was really scarily, scarily, scarily close to 200. You know what I mean? So, So that that's how that goes. Any other things yeah. for me, sir? <laughs> <coughs> so, Nate, um, uh, you are. Are you going to be at the summit this weekend? No. Weekend? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm on the phone. Nate. Am I still on? Yes. Yes, Nate. Yeah. Will, will you be at the summit this weekend? Uh, no, I won't be at the summit. I've got to be out of town. I'm, I've been running around like oh, crazy. The eight uh, summits here. I know the eight summits here in Fort Lauderdale. The big, the big deal summit. Yeah. Um, I uh, this year was crazy year. Uh, both my uh, both my partner and my myself uh, have children from a previous marriage, and they both spawned. And we have two grandchildren, and we're running around from uh, grandchild to grandchild. So, no, we'll be oh, spawned. Thank you. You <laughs> <Those laughs> run Facebook are plus forced to see. But I was interested in the nutrition thing. I, I'm I, that really changed a lot with, with me. I had cancer 
uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and, and AIDS at the same time in 1996. Got down to 135 and did the whole thing. And I had a lot of help with a nutritionist, and I found out that eating a lot of the, the, the high-calorie junk food was actually working against me, that I really needed to get with more uh, raw foods and natural foods and, and real food. Even, even though I have to eat a lot more of it, uh, it seemed like the, the sugars and the glucose and all the stuff that I was eating, fats, weren't staying on, especially with Kalitra. So, uh, you know, I really am, am a big fan of a good nutritionist. And, uh, yeah, we'll definitely yeah. talk about that because you're going to be on the show in a couple weeks. So um, we'll definitely go into more depth about that. And, and your new okay. uh, radio show that you started here on Blog Talk, Stonewall Live, we'll be talking about all that good stuff. And when is that? Give yourself a real plug real quick. Say it again. When is your what show you again? What night? My show is every Thursday night at night. Yes, Thursday nights at 9 p.m. It's called Stonewall Live, the best in gay and lesbian book, film, and media talk. Uh, we're on Block Talk Radio, just like you are. I got started doing these things. Uh, I've done a couple cool. of shows. We've had an incredible response, and I'm getting people from all over the country. Uh, I'm trying to keep a, a, an interesting mix, and uh, and we're going with it. Yeah, I've got I've got some great leads. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. We'll talk about that when you come on um, in a few weeks. So you have a great night. Okay, and no problem. I don't want to take away from Okay, no, I'm sorry. You won't, you won't see me. No, but but I didn't want to take away from Danny, but I did want to say something or ask him about, about the nutrition because a lot of people do just eat junk food, and, and you do have these sugar cravings and grease cravings, uh, especially when you come out of recovery. But um, it, 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 it really is the, the natural whole big foods that will keep you – healthier over a long period of time. Unfortunately, they're more expensive and harder to, you know, you can't get them at 7-Eleven at the gas station, you know. That's right. These jerkies, you know. All right, <laughs> All right okay, Nate, you ahead. have a great night, man. I will too. Good night, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. Love- yeah, Nate's awesome. So, so Danny, um, as we're winding down to almost uh, the end, is there um, a certain message uh, that you would like to give to people who are newly diagnosed? Because I know, like yourself, you, you are somewhat, I mean, what was it now, three years now you're going on? In November, yeah, but I'm a newbie, you know? Yeah, really? so you're still like a new, you are a newbie, but what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who was like just diagnosed today and is listening to the show? It's not a dense sentence. With diet, exercise, medication, and eating properly, you can live a long, rich, full life. And there are over 23 antiretrovirals, and they keep coming up with more. And it's only a matter of time before they find a cure to put an end to this hideous disease. That's my message. How do you like that? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, Danny. I think it was wasn't great. That, um, wasn't that brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, you're doing a great thing by, you know, being the voice in that community where, you know, maybe that voice isn't there and they need somebody like you. And, you know, just like, you know, in the story that you sent us, you know, if you touch one person with your story, mm-hmm. then you're really doing what That's you're fun. meant to do. Absolutely. And right now you're, you're reaching, you're going to reach hundreds of people with this. So, you know, I wish you much success right. moving forward. Uh, yeah, and I hope that I do, you know, leave an impression and, you know, maybe I'm a whack job, but you know what? I speak from the heart. I tell it like it is, 
You know, and if you don't like me, buff on goo. I, I really could care less. You know what I mean? Uh, I am what I am. And I got yeah, to was another being gay in high school was not an easy, easy picnic. I mean, talk about closet. Closet had bars on it. I mean, it was really, really, I had to really sneak around. You know, and yeah, it, it was more like time. a jail, people, right? Yeah, everybody knows everybody, and you see the same people at the post office as you see at the grocery store, and then you see them again at the hairdressers. It's like, oh, my God, don't you people ever do anything else? It's just a routine. And, you know, to go from that to Sarasota, Florida, where it's 85 and sunny and beautiful, you know, and I was tasty. I looked like Casper, you know, for being up <laughs> north for so long. I immediately went to the pool. I went right to the pool. I said, Mom, I didn't even have my bags unpacked. I was, like, you know, stripping down in the parking lot. And, uh... Hey, Danny, we have a caller on the on the line, and let's see if we can bring him on. Area code 919, you're on the air. Hello? Hello. Hello. Yeah, hi, Robert, uh, and hi, Danny. And um, I'm calling all the way from India. My name is Duke. I'm also a Pazheimer... You know, one of the members hey. of Alzheimer's website. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, uh, man. I had <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Well, uh, talking about newly diagnosed people, I just have a question for Danny and for all of you. I've been diagnosed for the last two weeks, and uh, is there a special nutrition or a diet that you need to follow after having the disease? And I have another question that uh, can you also do heavy exercises with this disease? I'm sorry, say that last one one more time. Uh, can you do heavy exercise with the disease, like weight training and all? Of course, absolutely. As a matter of fact, you probably weight training and exercise is probably one of the better things that you can do. Um, this uh-huh. is Jeremy. I'm the um, uh, right. Robert's co-host, and um, mm-hmm. just to let you know, so yes, exercise, um, a good nutrition, good diet is always the right thing to do. Um, uh-huh. And uh, so, so get out there and, and get yourself into a gym. You know, don't over overdo it. That you can't. It, it, it's normal stuff. You, you, you know, don't try to do anything new that you haven't done before. But um, keep going on. Mm-hmm. But you are you, okay. and 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 good quality food. That's that's the other thing that you need to think about. So lots of vegetables, lots of high proteins. Um, and of course, mm-hmm. always stay away from the, the high sugar content and, and junk food. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yep. Thank you. You're very welcome. Well, thanks for calling in. You, thank you. Wish you all the best for and keep up the good work. All, all right, right. thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, that's awesome to get a, a, somebody from India calling in, and, and you know, I think that's well, great that he's cool. listening, and I love it. He's in the he's in the chat room and he said he was going to and I thought yeah right but everybody that was in there said they were going to and a lot of them said they were going to call in and I don't know why they're not calling now I'm, now I'm hurt and offended <laughs> uh, don't worry about it it's not a big deal um, you know Danny we're winding down actually to uh, the last couple minutes so um, we we got your message to the newly diagnosed um, the one question um, that you know a lot of people seem to I guess. How do I want to put it? Um, seem to, to struggle with the most, or not the question, but like the topic they talk about is very controversial is disclosure. And I'd like to know how do you feel is the best way to disclose to somebody, whether um, say it's somebody you're dating. I, I know that you you know you're with the same person, 
So maybe that's not right. the best thing um, to say because you kind of told him and that was that you didn't have that experience. But how, how was it like telling your friends? Was there a different way that you told certain people that, you know, people could use? No, I pretty much came right out and called it like it is. You know, I thought, I'm not going to start telling lies, and then I'm going to tell this person I have cancer and this person I have leukemia. You know what? Just, just say it. And if it's a problem, well, then, you know, see ya. I don't have time for it. You know, take drama to your mama. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I hear you, Danny. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and, and bearing your soul. It's really important. And um, I, I thank you so much for being a part of the site and everything. It's my pleasure, Robert. And um, like I said, if you need any help, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to do whatever. I got a cell phone. I got a laptop. I can go anywhere. You know what I mean? I'm serious. And, Jeremy, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Aw, thanks. It was a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much, both of you, and thanks for the opportunity. And maybe, hey, maybe I could do a follow-up. Who knows? There you go. Stay tuned. Who knows? Stay tuned for the Bed and Breakfast website. It'll be coming soon. Yay! <laughs> we'll have to make yeah, reservations. We you are have going yourself to a have a great night. You too. You too, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that tonight we got a um, – caller from India, because that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about this evening, um, was the situation that um, happened in India that kind of hit headlines earlier um, this week that I saw on Facebook. Um, And if I could just kind of break down the story briefly as I'm waiting for it to load. Um, It says, what happened was, of course, there's going to be names that I'm going to mispronounce, so I apologize for that. (laughs) Um, in advance, <laughs> uh, there was a group of villagers um, of some place, I'm not even going to try to say it, that set fire uh, to a house in which two HIV-positive people, along with their four children, were sleeping. The gentleman, who was 41, and his wife, 36, and their two daughters and two nieces escaped some of the minor injuries. They said that there was a complaint um, from a president, Rajab Gagapal, who wanted the family to vacate the village because of the couple's HIV-positive status and that they were behind the incident. Um, Police have arrested, has registered a case of attempted murder, but no arrests have been made. So they didn't do anything wrong. They were basically trying to throw these people out of their rented houses just because of their HIV-positive status. And, you know, that's something that really is the stigma in India. From what I hear from people who email us at the show, that it's really bad over there that they can't come out of the status. And I kind of wish I I had that caller online so I could ask him about that because I would love to hear his feedback. But maybe we can get him to come on one night and and do a show, and and maybe he'd be willing to share his story, and we can do it anonymously so Mm -hmm. people don't know. But I think it's very interesting how the stigma is so different, but yet there's still stigma, and we're 30 years into it. Yeah, it's there's where is it? It's um is it Papua New Guinea, I think. Is that right? Uh oh. Uh um it's it's a Oh crap. It's down there near Guam. It's a little island in the South Pacific someplace. Anyway, uh-huh. um I think it is Papua New Guinea. But they view being HIV positive as a sign of witchcraft. So 
there are, you know, different pockets of the world. It's very difficult for a lot many people to come out being HIV positive um, because it is it is looked at it, because the stigma is so so high and so it's overbearing that um, it, it's it's sad, you know, and yeah, and not you know, much has changed anywhere in the world. Right. No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely yeah. agree. Um, we do actually have a caller, and I'm not sure who this is. Uh, but caller, you're on the air. We have about 30 seconds. Who's this? Hello, area code 619. Right. Looks like that didn't work. So uh, we want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. A special thanks to our guest, uh, Danny, for sharing his story with us about um, you know living with HIV and, and his recovery process. It's definitely inspiring, and if um, you joined us late, you can check it in the archives. Just refresh the page after the show is over. You can find more information on Jeremy Dunn at PositivelySpeaking.com. That's Positively hey, that's with me. a Z. And more information on myself and the show and uh, past programs at POSIM.com. That's P-O-Z-I-A-M.com. And definitely go to YouTube and check out the new video that we just posted called POSIM or Standing Up. Just search POSIM and go to our channel, and it's all there. And, and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. I think it's uh, really cool. And share it with a friend. Share it like chicken pox is what I'd say. So have a great night, Jeremy. I will speak to you next week. All right. Or the week after. Or the All week right, after. Have a great night. I'll be here. You too. Bye. Have a great week. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.